0: Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter
1: most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good evening, and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to continue our candidate uh, forum on tonight's broadcast, and we're going to be talking with Mike Gibbons, who's running for the U.S. Senate, in just a minute. But I want to draw your attention to the Ohio Christian Alliance website. The primary is coming up very quickly on May 3rd, and on our website, you'll find some helpful tools that it will help you to understand what's on your ballot. In fact, there is a link that literally states on the top of our page, what's on my ballot. If you click on that, it will take you to your Board of Elections, you key in your name, and your sample ballot will actually come up, and you'll be able to see what's going to be on your ballot. It's a great, great way to review before you actually cast your vote. Also, the voter guides for the U.S. Senate, for governor, for the 7th Congressional District, and the 13th Congressional District have now been posted on the Ohio Christian Alliance website, and you want to make advantage, take advantage of that and make that available to you, uh, and also share that with your family or friends. Without any further ado, we want to get into our interview, and I'm very excited about it myself. And with us on the phone is Mike Gibbons, who is now very well known in the state of Ohio, as he has been campaigning for over a year now for the U.S. Senate, and it's come down to the wire. Mike is a local businessman from the Cleveland area, and of course, he is a candidate for the U.S. Senate. Mike, welcome to the program.
0: Thanks for having me, Chris.
1: Well, Mike, uh, you've been crisscrossing this state and talking to voters all over the state. One of the things that's really on people's minds is inflation. We are now at a 40-year high uh, with the Biden administration. And uh, right now, people are concerned about what they see at the pump uh, with the gas prices when they go to the grocery store. Just about everywhere you go, uh, the inflation bite is really hitting people uh, every day now, your thoughts on inflation as you uh, are talking to people about issues across the state.
0: Well, it you know, oftentimes uh, you you really can't blame inflation on on one group or on one person. In this case, I'm going to make an exception. Uh, you know the 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 Biden spending policies and his his attitude about fossil fuels, even during his campaigning. If, if you go back and look at some of those speeches about, uh, about fossil fuels going forward while he campaigned in uh, 2019 even, uh, he was always talking about how we had to get away from fossil fuels and we we're going to end fracking and we were going to end uh, you know, any pipeline building. And it was almost childish, because anybody knows, even with almost an elementary knowledge of, of, of how energy is provided, uh, that we can't just all of a sudden one day say, everybody's going to drive an electric car uh, and uh, shut down all the oil wells and shut down all the, the gas wells, and uh, and we're going to do this new Green Deal thing. and. That, even though he only shut the Keystone pipeline down, uh, he used his bully pulpit to, to really make fossil fuel CEOs say, hey, I'm not going to invest. I'm not going to take that risk. I, I've got a president that uh, that doesn't like uh, the fossil fuel industry. They they want to put me out of business. In fact, he even nominated people to the Federal Reserve, Board of Federal Reserve, and and and, and is controller of the currency, who wrote their theses on... Uh, on, on shutting down and bankrupting the fossil fuel industry. He sent a message, and that message started at the pump, uh, the gas pump, and it is now, and, and energy is a very important, petroleum is an important part of everything we do nowadays. It is filtered through our system. Then the the, the spending, the definition of inflation is too many dollars chasing, chasing too few goods. And that's exactly what we've seen happen. We had... Uh, you know, what Trump did, I approved of because I felt, you know, when the government shuts down all these businesses, they need assistance. I didn't have a problem with that. But then Biden re-upped and it wasn't necessary. And he, and he basically paid people to stay home and people were searching for for people to work in their businesses and they couldn't find them. So they had to raise wages. We now have a combination of supply chain disruption cost push inflation and wage push inflation. And all those things are adding up to the worst inflation maybe we've ever seen. Uh, The way to stop it is drill, (laughs) drill for gas, drill for oil. Uh, We'll we'll see gas prices at the pump decline. It's a world market. And until we put more Barrels of oil on the market, we're not going to see uh, lower prices.
1: Nothing's the government
0: been. Cannot lower prices.
1: That's right. Nothing's been done with the infrastructure of uh, uh, basically the Keystone XL pipeline's been shut down. Uh, the right. uh, basically suspension of drilling on federal lands and also just drilling across the board, actually making it. Um, uh, not very cost effective for the oil industry to actually go and up and up, uh, investigate new drilling. And But what we have seen just in the last uh, 10 days, the price has come down just a little bit. It was over $4 just 10 days ago. Now it's come down a little bit. There's a couple of factors for that. The Chinese are in a great uh, shutdown right now in Shanghai. We're seeing terrible videos coming out of people that are shut down into their homes for weeks now, some of them without food. It's a a very terrible thing. So the Chinese government has shut down large portions of their population, and therefore the oil demand in China has gone down. At the same time, he's opened up the Federal Reserve, uh, I think something like a million barrels a day. Uh, That's to, to be our strategic reserve for real crisis, and he's spending that. At a time right now, just to gain some points, Mike, your thoughts on that?
0: Well, it's a rounding error for, for our supply of oil. Uh, you know, if he, if he does a million barrels a day, it's, it's only, you know, a week or so, a couple of weeks of supply. Um, we, we burn 20, uh, 20 million barrels a day. Uh, it's, it's political. It's not economic. Uh, it's done nothing. It will do nothing. That's not why the price came down. Uh, another million barrels a day on the world market doesn't uh, it barely moves the needle uh it's it's all show and no go and what he needs to do is is kick our fossil fuel industry back into gear and uh, and, and until we do that you know when trump left till now there's been a reduction of 400 million gallons of production in america we had a- energy independence and And when you roll energy independence just on on how it's affecting us economically and and, and what it's done, it's also become a a, a very important component of national security. Uh, I mean, I do not think if Putin had $30 oil right now, he would have invaded Ukraine. He couldn't have afforded to do it. And basically, Joe Biden has set up everything that's wrong that's going on in this country right now.
1: So the infrastructure of uh, providing more oil and gas is being retarded and and really cut off by this administration. So one of the questions that we have that I'd like you to answer, Mike, uh, if elected, would you vote to continue the construction of the Keystone XL pipeline?
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he he is attacking the fossil fuel industry. They want to do it uh, uh, through uh, removal and depletion. Write-offs. They they they're trying to do it with the tax code, which just takes more dollars that would go into expansion of the oil and gas supply out of the system. Um, I would vote in every way to regain energy independence.
1: Very good. We're talking with Mike Gibbons. He is a candidate for the U.S. Senate. The May 3rd primary is coming very quickly, so you want to know where these candidates stand on these important issues, and that's why we're conducting these interviews, and we're glad that you've joined us tonight. Mike, let's turn to the southern border. That's been a crisis during this administration. President Trump promised a wall, and he was building a wall, and he actually was addressing the illegal immigration uh, problem in this country. When Mr. Biden came to power, he did just the opposite. It was over- opening up the borders last year alone 2 million it is estimated 2 million illegal immigrants poured over the border and now we're entering the season where things are getting um uh the season of the year where there will be more immigrate immigration trains coming to the southern border your thoughts on the southern border crisis
0: chris very simple i would finish the wall i would uh secure the border and i would uh follow the law he's not following the law Uh, You know, what he's doing right now is releasing millions of people into the interior of of, of this country. It's all going to fall on the backs of local communities that are going to have to support them. Uh, Very troubling in a time when we're probably headed in in the direction of a recession. You know, when you have have the kind of inflation we have right now, and and you may remember uh, Volcker as the chairman of the Fed back in the Reagan days, uh, the, the the normal solution is to raise interest rates, and we're seeing interest rates go up. We've seen them uh, go up substantially just in the last month, and we're going to continue to see them go up. Uh, we we need to uh, we need to uh, shut the border down. I think right now that a temporary thing may be to keep Title forty two in place, which allowed us to have them remain outside the country. And, and, and right now, we're expecting a lot more than just... Uh, we're, we're expecting record numbers of people coming across the border. Chris, there's 750 million people in the, in the world that want to move to the United States. I think the Democrat Party believes they should all move here. And uh, I don't want to radically transform this country. Um, that's why I've always campaigned in support of the America First agenda. I think that we have to treat America first.
1: One of the questions that we have on the survey, and I want to say that Mike Gibbons actually filled out the Ohio Christian Alliance Candidate Survey, and he is listed in the voter guide, and we appreciate that. The question is, giving amnesty to illegal immigrants in the United States, support, oppose, undecided?
0: Totally opposed. If somebody comes here illegally, they should have no path to being a citizen of this country. They need to to go back, get in line, and do it the right way. If, If we are a nation without laws, we have no nation at all.
1: want to turn a corner again, Mike, as we look at uh, public schools, and there's been great scrutiny upon the children's education in the last 18 months. During the shutdowns, during the COVID pandemic, uh, parents were starting to learn what their children were learning in school as they started to help them do their lessons at home. And they were aghast at the type of uh, studies that they were seeing. And they began to show up at school board meetings and start to express their concerns of what was going on uh, in the classroom and of course the Biden administration through its leftists they actually uh, unbelievably started having the FBI look at these people as domestic terrorists these are moms and dads of students in schools and what's your thoughts on the status of public schools and then of course the notion of teaching critical race theory in the public schools is one of the um, divisive studies that came to light during this whole period your thoughts on that
0: well, I'm, I'm totally against any mention of critical race theory. You know, it, it, if you look at this whole postmodernism, this wokeism that's going on right now, Chris, it's really a religion. Yeah, you know, they, they have to accept it in, ho- in whole, and they have to accept the truth. They even use religious terminology. And if we were to mention the, the Ten Commandments in a public school setting, there would be a, a, a total outraged uproar. Uh, yet they're teaching a religion to our students that is the most divisive and most dangerous philosophy, maybe in the history of our country, in, in or maybe in the history of the world. I mean, because we are the greatest country in the history of the world, and this this could bring us down. You know, there was only two hundred thousand Bolsheviks that believed in Marxism during the during the Bolshevik Revo- Revolution. A country of one hundred forty million. We have a lot more people out there that, that love this idea of teaching people to hate each other. And that's exactly what CRT is. Um, and, you know, the, the amazing thing to me is once it was brought to light what they were, were teaching these kids, they denied it. I've been interviewed where, where I, you know, where, in fact, I was interviewed by a reporter from Columbus who said, can you name one city that's teaching CRT? And I said, they all are. And, you know, they they go by different names, they go by different philosophies, but generally it is is teaching that, that we should divide by identity groups and that one identity group is an oppressor and one is the oppressed. And that is not something that children should be learning at school. I believe parents should control, and they can do that with their feet by walking out of a school district. But if they're in that school district, those parents should be deciding what those kids are learning. Uh, I don't think there's a great majority of of people in in Ohio, at least, that want their kids learning CRT.
1: And that's my next question. It's on the Voter Guide. Parental Rights Act clarifying that the right of parents to direct the upbringing of their children shall include their education, health care, discipline, and religious training. Support, oppose, undecided.
0: I uh, I absolutely uh, disagree with with any in uh, any effect on parents' rights to do any of that. I mean, I am 100% in belief that my, I raised my kids the way I wanted them raised. I sent them to the schools I wanted them to uh, wanted them to learn at, and I knew what those those teachers were teaching them.
1: So you're supp- that's that right. So you're supporting uh, the pa- parents' rights, in other words, yes. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Wholeheartedly. Yep. And by the way. Chris, I, I've often said this, the day I move, arrive in the U.S. Senate will be the day that I will propose the shutdown of the Department of Education. That's, that is really the, the, the force that's pushing this critical race theory and this idea that, that we need to radically transform this country through our, our, our school systems. They're, they're exchanging dollars, uh, federal dollars, to do as the Department of Education wants.
1: And it it is an indoctrination, without question. It is. We so to put a stop to it. what we saw in Florida over the last few weeks with Governor DeSantis signing a bill that prohibits, uh, really, it's an anti-grooming bill of uh, kindergarten through third grade of teaching about sexual studies or LGBTQ. The left calls it, oh, it's the aunt, don't say gay bill, which is erroneous and false. And, of course, that's what they do. They lie about what their real agenda is. It's really stopping grooming children. As young as kindergarten through third grade, teaching them about anything about sex—you know, this is a real problem it's in our public schools.
0: Astounding, astounding uh, that they would even consider that—a a kindergarten child learning about gender identity. I mean, it, it, it's so. Why would you even bring that up? It, it's beyond belief. It never happened before because parents had a right to to. Choose what kind of a school their kids were going to go to, and, and the schools were providing what they should be providing—the three R's. We need to we need to get back to the basics and let and 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 not have some teacher that majored in women's studies at some eastern college impose her views on the children. Hmm. They're teaching them what to think instead of how to think.
1: That's right. It's a-
0: unacceptable.
1: Amen. So we have seen also in the news as of late what we saw a male that uh, wants to state that they're transitioning to a female and was in uh, the collegiate level of the swim um, championship. And so the question is, allowing biological males to compete in women's supports, Uh, support, oppose, undecided on that question. (laughs) Uh,
0: Biological men should not compete in women's sports, period. Uh, you know, I I, I I have five kids, and my second daughter was a D1 athlete. She was captain of her soccer team at Lehigh. She played in England. She was had a tryout with the U.S. team. She's a very good player. She married a Cleveland Brown, also an incredible athlete. You know, I often tell him he's a different species than anybody else. Uh, you know, to see those two people on the same field, there's no fairness in that. And my daughter is a, is a great female athlete. He's a great male athlete. They're, they're, it's not fair. It's not right. And people are going to get hurt. That's what's going to happen eventually, because eventually they're going to want to wrestle or they're going to want to play football or, or uh, they're going to want to you know play on women's field hockey teams or lacrosse teams. And people are going to get hurt. It makes no sense. It, we've lost all common sense, apparently.
1: So uh, the problem is on the collegiate level with the N, uh, N, N, NCAA is the one that's pushing that, and those are on these uh, university boards. So it, it would take, as I understand it, the replacement of these appointments over time to get rid of these people who are making these decisions for the collegiate level. Have you looked into that and to how that might be done?
0: Yeah, well I haven't uh, but I can tell you you know and it's not a governmental function uh, really it's it's uh, you know I, I I think it's gotten out of control I think uh, you know I just looked at, at the Ohio Athletic Association uh, in in their their workshop on diversity all these things we've just been talking about were being discussed in an attempt to to implement them at some level in our in our state. And my when I saw it, my response was immediately: we need to change the entire board of the Ohio Athletic Association. If even one of those people agree with with any of that, um, we need to you know we need to get active. And you know for a long time, I, I will. And it starts at the school board level, uh, Chris. And, and I'm I'm gu- as guilty as most others. Uh, I never paid attention to school board races. I'd go to the polls and I'd just pick somebody, or I wouldn't vote for any of them because I didn't know any of them. I didn't know what they believed in. But there was a time when they all believed in educating children to prepare them for the workplace, to prepare them for life. That's not what they're doing anymore. We need to get into the resumes and the beliefs of every single individual that runs for the school board. And people that ignored it in the past can't anymore. And even if they don't have children, my kids are out of the house. This isn't very important to me because I care about my grandchildren. I care about the future of this country, and we're setting up an educational system that's going to. The only thing this can, this country can end up in is civil war, and they're actually teeing it up. And, uh, and, and we need we need to get active. We need to become involved in every school board race. We need to get to the bottom of every one of the beliefs of every school board member.
1: For years, the pro-life community has been waiting for a moment before the U.S. Supreme Court that would strike down Roe v. Wade. We may be on that uh, moment right now with the Dobbs decision that would uphold uh, legislation that would prohibit abortion when a heartbeat is detected. Do you support prohibiting an abortion when a heartbeat is detected?
0: I do, and, and quite a bit more than that. I want to see Roe v. Wade overturned. I want to see it pushed back to the states, and, uh, and and we will eliminate it.
1: Very good. We're talking with Mike Gibbons. He is a candidate for the U.S. Senate. Uh, he will be on your May third ballot. Mike, how can people follow you uh, in these closing days of the campaign? Your website is gibbonsforohio.com, dot com. And what do you have planned in these ten, last ten days? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm not going to be home a lot, uh, Chris. In fact, I'm heading to Clark County as soon as I hang up with you. Uh, and uh, we we have a bus. We've been we're going to spend the next two weeks on that bus traveling around the state. We've already been to all 88 counties, and uh, we've got a schedule that. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm not looking forward to it. I guess I'm not going to be sleeping a lot, but we're we're going to we're going to talk to as many people as we can.
1: Well, thank you, Mike, and our prayers and thoughts are with you and your family, and thank you for being willing to serve and run for federal office. Again, this will fill the seat of Senator Rob Portman, who is retiring, and Ohioans will be electing their next senator that will serve for the next six years. Uh, Again, the voter guide is on our website at OhioCA.org, and Mike Gibbons, with all full disclosure, did fill out the entire Ohio Christian Alliance Candidate Survey, and we appreciate a candidate that will let us know where they stand on the issues. And again, following his website, it's gibbonsforohio.com. Mike, thanks for joining me today, and God bless you, my friend. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thank, thank you so much. Thank God bless you. Thank God bless. You. Well, again, folks, I uh, also want to tell you about the Ohio Christian Alliance Freedom Banquet is coming up thursday may 12th in columbus at the crown plaza hotel our keynote speaker is rick santorum also joining us will be state attorney general dave yost state auditor keith faber secretary of state frank larose and state treasurer robert sprague will all be with us it's going to be a great time and all the details is on our website at ohioca.org thanks for listening god bless you And we're back, and we're going to continue with our Candidate Forum series, and we're going to hear from another candidate for U.S. Senate. That's Josh Mandel. But before we do, I want to direct you to our website. The Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide is there, and you can actually share that with your family and friends. The U.S. Senate uh, candidate uh, uh, voter guide is there, as well as the governor, as well as the 7th and 13th congressional districts, all available on our website. Also a feature that I think you'll find to be helpful. What is on my ballot? click on that link. It will take you to your county board of elections. You go ahead and click on your county. You'll see an image there of your uh, the various counties. Click on the county in, you, in which you reside and it will take you to their board of elections. Put in your name and your sample ballot will come up and it'll be a great way for you, you to review what's on your ballot coming May 3rd. And everyone get out there and vote on May 3rd. Well, without further ado, let's get to our guest. This is Josh Mandel. He is the former state treasurer. He is running for U.S. Senate. He is a veteran of the military, and uh, again, he is in the final stretch of the last 10 days before uh, the primary of May 3rd. Josh, welcome to the program.
2: Thanks, Chris. Always good to be on. Appreciate what you do to stand up for life and family and the Judeo Christian bedrock of America.
1: Well, thank you, Josh. We appreciate that very much. You've been uh, crisscrossing the state, talking to voters, uh, talking to faith voters all across the state. I saw a lot of your uh, campaigns, uh, meeting with uh, church folks and pastors all across the state. Uh, one of the big things on people's mind right now is inflation. It is at a 40-year high. This is hitting everybody, families, uh, individuals, uh, people on fixed income, uh, those single moms out there. Listeners already know when they see the price shock at the pump and the weekly grocery store uh, and everything they buy right now, and this is really runaway inflation. It's not going to come down anytime soon. Uh, your thoughts and uh, on, on inflation right now that we're dealing with, with the biden administration's runaway spending
2: you know, first of all you hit the nail on the head that this inflation was created by joe biden and nancy pelosi and chuck schumer and and their reckless spending you know they passed infrastructure bills that have nothing to do with infrastructure they passed transportation bills that have nothing to do with transportation um, they're just big boondoggle giveaways to their political backers And then the working class, middle class people of places like Cleveland and Akron and Canton and Youngstown and Columbus and Dayton and Toledo are left held in the bag. And I'm sick of it. It's one of the main reasons I'm running for U.S. Senate is to uh, stop the Biden inflation tax on the people of my state here in Ohio and the people of our country. I'm actually running an ad on TV right now, which uh, features Ted Cruz and me. Uh, You know, Ted, Ted Cruz, U.S. senator from Texas, has endorsed me and I'm very proud to have his endorsement. And what he says in the ad is, he says, if you want to end Biden's inflation, send someone who's done it before. And it talks about the fact that when I was state treasurer, I helped to clean up the mess that Ted Strickland left behind. We took Ohio from an $8 billion budget hole to a billion dollar surplus. We increased the bond rating for the first time in a decade. Uh, We uh, took Ohio from ranked 46th to ranked number one in the country for fiscal transparency That last accomplishment I did by uh, putting the state's checkbook online. I created this uh, website called OhioCheckbook.com, and I said the taxpayers have a right to know how the tax money is being spent. I took every expenditure in state government, everything from 2 bucks for a pack of pencils to millions of dollars for road contracts, and I put it online. And by creating the website OhioCheckbook.com, I said the taxpayers have a right to know how the tax money is being spent, and we transfer the power from the politicians to the people. And that's what I'm going to do in Washington. It's, it's one of the reasons why the Democrats hate me. But frankly, Chris, it's one of the reasons why these squishy establishment weak-kneed Republicans hate me as well, because they don't like fighters like me. They don't like fighters like Ted Cruz. They don't like fighters like Jim Jordan. And that's what I'm going to do to Washington. To, to, to I'm going there to fight, to fight for the Constitution, to fight for the people of my state, and to fight for the Judeo-Christian values on which this country was founded and grew strong.
1: We're talking with Josh Mandel. He is a candidate for the U.S. Senate, and following him, you can do so at his website at joshmandel.com. One of the things we've seen, Josh, also is the skyrocketing of the prices at the pump. I was filling up last week, and the man across from me was just complaining that it was taking $73 to fill up his F-150, and uh, you know, we're hovering around $4 a gallon for gas. The Biden administration came in and shut down the Keystone Pipeline. If you are elected to the U.S. Senate, there is talk among the Republicans of voting to continue the construction of the XL pipeline. Would you be in favor of that?
2: Of course I'd be in favor of continuing the XL pipeline. I'm, I think the oil and gas in our state, and our country, are assets. You know, the left in this nation, whether it's Schumer, Pelosi, Pelosi, Biden, John Kerry, Al Gore, Leonardo DiCaprio, all these woke actors who like to stand up there at the Academy Awards and Grammys and lecture us gratuitly gratuitously about environmental protection while they fly around the country in their private jets and have four mansions, you know, 20,000 foot each. It's so hypocritical what the left has done in this country through Hollywood, through the music industry, through sports, and obviously through the White House and uh, the Capitol as well. And, you know, I think the natural resources we have in Ohio and in America, these are assets, assets that we have to maximize for the economic strength and national security of our country. And let me talk about Ohio for a second, Chris. In the Utica and the Marcella shale formations, if you took the state of Ohio, the state of Pennsylvania, and the state of West Virginia, our three states, and you combine them into a region, that region would be the third largest producer of natural gas in the entire world. Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, We are sitting on a gold mine of natural gas. Now, why is that important for families here in Ohio? If we could drill for more of that natural gas instead of biting and blocking it, we can bring down the cost of homes in the winter, bring down the cost of powering manufacturing companies and transportation companies, which means we could hire more people, more people have jobs, higher wages. It contributes to our economic strength as a country. And, oh, by the way, it contributes to our national security. I guarantee you, Chris. If Biden would have just continued the Trump policies of exporting natural gas into Europe, we'd be undercutting Putin by now. And there's no way Putin would be able to economically afford going into Ukraine. It's one of the reasons why I say that Biden created this war in Ukraine.
1: We're talking with Josh Mandel. He is a candidate for the U.S. Senate. Josh, I want to turn a corner here and look at the southern border. President Trump, when he ran in 2016, talked about building a wall that would protect the United States from illegal immigration, which was really an invasion into this country. He, th- he said, we want to be a welcoming nation, but we want them to go through due process like everyone has that has come into this country. We want to know who's coming in the front door, not who's trying to sneak in uh, the other way or in the back door. But with a administration, they took away President Biden's initiatives. They stopped the building of the wall, and last year alone, two million illegal immigrants poured over the border. They've made their way into the interior of the United States. Uh, Some states are beginning to bust them to Washington and the state of Delaware and saying, hey, Texas is one of them, and and I think uh, Governor DeSantis is another, and saying, not our problem. We're busing them to you. If you're letting them in, then you're going to receive them at your doorstep. Uh, We have a crisis at the southern border. Drugs are pouring in. Actually, uh, there's been a number of people that have been on- on the uh, terrorist watch lists, also that have been pouring into the country on the southern border. Your thoughts on the southern border crisis?
2: Sure, you know it's indeed a crisis, but I go beyond that, Chris. I think it's a well-coordinated invasion. I'll give you one example: Haiti is one of the poorest countries in the world. There are 15,000 Haitians who ended up at the Texas border. Now, last time I checked, there's an enormous body of water between Haiti and Texas. So how did 15,000 Haitians get to the Texas border from the poorest country in the world? Think about the amount of coordination and funding and logistics that would take. It's an enormous operation. And listen, you and I don't know who's behind it. Hopefully, time will tell. You know, we can speculate. Some of the people, probably a lot of the Obama Alumni Association or maybe Obama himself, But the reality is is this is an invasion of our southern border, and you articulated so many of the reasons it's scary. You know, there's all this fentanyl coming across the border that's killing our kids and family members. You've got gangbangers coming across the border who are raping people and committing crimes. You've got Chinese spies coming across the border from the CCP. You've got folks from Yemen who are on the terrorism watch list. And listen, go up to a liberal next time you see him when they're complaining, you know, about the border and we're mean and we don't have a heart and all this garbage, ask them if they lock their door at night. And I guarantee you they'll say yes. And ask them this question. Say, do you lock your door at night because you hate the people outside or because you love the people inside? Hmm. And that's the reality. We don't hate people from other countries. Americans are a loving nation. But what do we want to do? We want to put our love for people towards the American people first. Because these are our family members. These are our friends. These are our neighbors. These are the people we worship next to. These are the people we play Little League soccer and Little League baseball next to. These are the people we see at the local diner. And I just feel so strongly that we, we need to be putting the American people first, before foreigners and we should be deporting anyone who came here illegally and you know the left and the media they like to call them quote-unquote undocumented they're not undocumented they're illegal Mm. their first act coming to america was committing a felony
1: on our survey we have a question giving amnesty to illegal immigrants in the united states support oppose undecided
2: I'm strongly opposed to, to amnesty. I mean, you know, you know, you mentioned earlier what Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott are doing by taking illegals and putting them on buses and sending them to Biden's current home in Washington, D.C. and his former home in Delaware. I think that's good aggressive politics. I think it's uh, smart. And you know what Biden's doing? Biden was taking planes of illegals and dropping them into Ohio. And, uh, yes, he was. The wine, and hope DeWine the sends them back. You know what DeWine did? I, I didn't really follow how he how he handled that.
1: I do, I do not. I, I can just uh, verify that we saw buses ourselves. I've been reporting it to different congressional members that we saw government buses on Sunday morning, and at first I thought it was like a prison bus or a military bus, and then I realized these are illegals being bussed into Ohio from the southern border, and it's just very unsettling, and it's like, wait, who are these people? Why are they coming here? Why is this happening? We, we just don't know. We never got an answer.
2: Nuts, man. Totally nuts.
1: Well, we also saw an explosion in the last year where parents were outraged at what was happening in public schools. During the shutdown, the kids came home and they were helping them with their studies and to begin to see and read and review the curriculum and were like, what in the world are you being taught in schools? So parents started showing up to local school boards and expressing their concerns of what was being taught in the classroom, only to be dubbed by uh, the the Biden administration through the FBI as domestic terrorist these are parents asking questions in school board meetings it's an outrage but really when parents were starting to see uh, teaching critical race theory in the public schools also schools that was uh, teaching the transitioning of uh, gender, uh, in, in, even in elementary g- grade levels, and so we saw Governor DeSantis pass legislation that is an anti-grooming bill from kindergarten to third grade. And the left has gone apoplectic. Your thoughts on these things is as uh, what we're seeing happen in public schools.
2: Sure. So I don't, I don't know if you saw this, but I actually got kicked out of a school board meeting for standing up for parents and kids. Uh, I'll uh, I'll tell you the story. So. I was down in Monroe, Ohio, I was in Butler County, and I got invited to sort of be the warm-up act for um, a conservative event where Jim Jordan and Warren Davidson were the speakers. So I spoke for Warren and Jim, and then afterwards, this mom comes up to me, her name is Darby Boddy, She said, hey, I'm running for school board in Lakota School District, Cincinnati area, suburban Cincinnati. She said, I'm running on a platform to stop the critical race theory and the transgender craziness and the mask mandates and all this invasion of our liberty and freedom as parents and as families. She said, you know, I'm running against sitting school board members. They're ridiculing me. They're making fun of me. She said, would you would you come to a school board meeting and just talk about these issues? And I said, you know what, Darby? I'd be glad to. So I show up at the school board meeting, and she was very prepared. You know, she – got up to introduce me, and she said, you know, in accordance with school board rule 16523, whatever it is, I'm yielding my three minutes to Josh Mandel. So I get up there, Chris, and I start talking to the school board, and I say, you know, you should be ashamed of yourselves for teaching critical race theory. This is dividing our kids down racial lines. It's perverting what Martin Luther King preached. He preached to judge people based on the content of one's character, not the color of one's skin. You're trying to make everything about skin color. And then I said to the school board, you should be ashamed of yourself for pushing this transgender craziness on our kids and telling kids there's 50 genders and you can pick your gender. That's not true. I said there's only two genders. Boys are boys and girls are girls. And then I went on to ask them the question why they refuse to put their state's checkbook online, not show transparency. And, Chris, all of a sudden the school board president starts banging the gavel. She starts banging the gavel. And she says, we're going to take a recess. She recesses the meeting right in the middle of my talk. She calls the Butler County sheriffs up to the front of the room and says, have Mr. Mandel removed. Think about this for a second, Chris. This is in violation of their own school board rules. Yes. And in violation of my First Amendment rights under the United States Constitution. Not to mention First Amendment rights for which I raised a right hand to fight and defend in the United States Marine Corps. And they kicked me out of the school board meeting. And it was one of the biggest mistakes they made because it brought so much attention. All they had to do was let me speak. It would have never been in the news. But it was all over the national news because they kicked me out for having the audacity to stand up against critical race theory, against the transgender craziness, against the mask mandates, and really stand up for parents and for kids. And listen, for any of your listeners, if you want me to come and speak at your school board, I'm in. I don't care what part of the state you're in. I will drive there. I'll be proud to come and speak on behalf of parents and kids and freedom.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's, that's an outrage, I mean, to think uh, these people you know, are educators and we're supposed to have free thought and exchange of ideas and only to shut down the narrative. <laughs> so they want one narrative, their propaganda only, and that's, that's unfortunate, but that's where we are today, and it's important that parents get involved. So the next question is along the lines of parental rights. Uh, the Parental Rights Act clarifying that the right of parents to direct the upbringing of their children shall include their education, health care, discipline, and religious training. Would you support I'm, that? I'm stro-
2: strongly in support of parental rights.
1: You know, Josh, as we talk about what's happening with the um, Dobbs cage right now before the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, many are anticipating that this could be what the pro-life movement has long awaited, the striking down of Roe v. Wade. Would you be in support of the U.S. Supreme Court's decision if they were to strike down Roe v. Wade and uh, stop abortion on demand in this country, as we've known, and under Roe since 1973. Would you be in support of that?
2: Of course we have to strike down Roe v. Wade. I do not believe it's the law of the land. It never has been. It's never been constitutional. As you know, when most of the Republican office holders in Columbus were afraid to be for the Heartbeat Bill. I was the first statewide official in Ohio to be for the Heartbeat Bill. I've been at the pointy tip of the spear in the pro life movement. I'm the only candidate in this race who's endorsed by the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio. I'm the only candidate in this race for U.S. Senate who's endorsed by Ohio Values Voters. And the unborn and the sanctity of life, our movement for which I've been a in which I've been an activist and a leader for so many years, will have no more of a fierce defender and fighter than me, Josh Mandel, in the U.S. Senate.
1: Prohibiting an abortion when a heartbeat is detected. Would you support that, of course?
2: Of course, I would. I mean, listen, I'm I'm against abortion in all cases. But, you know, obviously I was, I was one of the main leaders in the heartbeat bill, so of course I
1: support that. And we have that on the books here in Ohio, and if uh, the Dobbs decision was to strike down Roe, that uh, heartbeat bill would be in effect. And of course we need to even do more to make sure that abortion is outlawed here in the state of Ohio, in the de- indeed, if Dobbs uh, comes down the way that we hope. It will come down, but uh, that's yet to be determined yet. We thought it might be March. It looks like it now might be held off till June. Well, with just days closing to the May 3rd primary, you've been on the road for over a year campaigning for the U.S. Senate. What are some of your thoughts as you're talking to voters all across the state? What are their concerns, and what what is the ideas you're sharing with them?
2: Voters want fighters. That's what I am. You know, people go to my website, joshmandel.com. They can see that I'm a fighter. And I'm not going to get wobbly need when I go to Washington. You know, I think we're at a crossroads in the Republican Party. Down one path are these weak-kneed, squishy establishment Reiner Republicans like Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, Anthony Gonzalez, and others. And I think they need to be eradicated from the Republican Party. I'm taking a totally different path, Chris. I'm going to Washington to be reinforcements for fighters, fighters like Ted Cruz, Jim Jordan, and obviously Donald Trump. And you know, I should tell you this also. Republicans, they say the right thing, but when they get to Washington, they change. You know, the way I put it is they go there to do good, but then they stay there to do well. And one of the main reasons is they don't have core values. And one of the things that differentiates me from the other people running here for U.S. Senate is that I have very strong core values grounded in Bible and grounded in the Marine Corps. When I get to Washington, I don't care if it's a Democrat leader, Republican leader, media, whoever. When they pull me in that room and they try to twist my arm and make me vote against something or for something that, that's counter to my convictions and what's good for my state and country, I will look them right in the eye and tell them I've been through tougher stuff than this. You're not going to push me around. And I think that's the kind of fighter and backbone and steel spine the people of Ohio want in Washington right now.
1: As we enter into the closing days of the race, uh, there really is, it's wide open. Uh, there, you know, there, you know, this this race is still very close, and it's wide open. What do you think will be the deciding factor in the closing days?
2: At the end of the day, when voters walk into the polls, they want someone who is not going to get pushed around in Washington, and they want someone who's going to stand up and fight. And of all the people running for U.S. Senate, There's only one candidate, me, Josh Mandel, who actually has a proven record as a fighter. It's why Ted Cruz endorsed me. It's why Ohio Values Voters has endorsed me. It's why the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio has endorsed me. It's why the National Association of Gun Rights has endorsed me, because they've watched me fight. They've watched me take on John Kasich when Kasich was trying to implement Obamacare in Ohio. They've watched me take on John Kasich when he was trying to implement the federal common core standards in Ohio. They watched me take on John Kasich when he was trying to keep the state's finances in the dark. And I said, no, we're going to put the state's finances online. And time and time again, they've seen me take on Kasich and squishy Republicans, especially when it came to standing up for the heartbeat bill and standing up for a Christian prayer. And so, you know, I appreciate you know what you've done and uh, look forward to fighting with you.
1: Well, and we appreciate and we want to share with the folks that uh, Josh Mandel did fill out the entire Ohio Christian Alliance Candidate Survey, and he is in the voter guide for the U.S. Senate that is on our website at ohioca.org. And again, it's so important for candidates to let you know. We we appreciate candidates that uh, let us know where they stand on the issues. Again, Josh's campaign can be followed at joshmandel.com. And you can follow him again at joshmendell.com. And again, the primary is May 3rd, and it's coming up quickly. And to get rehearsed on what will be on your ballot, go to the Ohio Christian Alliance website, and there is a feature, What's on My Ballot? Click here, and it will take you to your local Board of Elections. Just enter your name there, and your sample ballot will come up And what you will see on your ballot come May 3rd. Also, the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide is there for the U.S. Senate and for uh, the governor, and also for the 7th and 13th congressional districts. There's also a click-on review of the new districts, as they are the new congressional maps. Now, remember, uh, the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate, those are the state legislative races, will be in the August primary, and that's yet to be announced. They will not be on your May 3rd primary, but what will be on your primary ballot? Well, uh, the Office for U.S. Senate, Governor, Congressional, uh, also those running for Attorney General, Secretary of State, State Auditor, and State Treasurer, all will be on your ballot on May 3rd. Get rehearsed on the issues and the candidates. And again, the voter guide, we don't endorse Uh, as an organization, but we do provide this educational resource, and we hope that tonight these interviews with candidates Mike Gibbons and Josh Mandel have been helpful to you so that you might better understand the candidates of where they stand on these important issues. Also, last week we had with us Jane Timken and also J.D. Vance, Uh, And we're going to have all four of those interviews up on our website, and so if you missed any of them, you can hear them in review and also direct other people to listen to the interviews on our website, again, at ohioca.org. And we want to tell you about the Ohio Christian Alliance Spring Freedom Banquet. This is always a great event to encourage us, Uh, in the things of God, and also with great speakers. It will be Rick Santorum will be coming. We'll also have with us State Attorney General Dave Yost, uh, uh, State Auditor Keith Faber, Secretary of State uh, Frank LaRose will be with us, as well as Robert Sprague, our State Treasurer. Melanie Miller will be giving uh, special music, and we'll have a uh, elections report from the Ohio Christian Alliance. It's always a great time of fellowship. It will be, you can register for it on our website. It's just $75 for a dinner ticket. There will there'll be a general reception at 6 o'clock. The dinner is at 7 o'clock. It will be at the Crown Plaza Hotel in the north side of Columbus, and that's coming up on Thursday, May 12th, and we hope that you will join us. Uh, also, the support of this program, you can go to our website and make a donation of any size. We would appreciate it. Just click on the donate button, and it takes you to uh, where you can pay with your credit card or debit, and we appreciate that to help us keep on the air and also keep help us keep going, providing this educational resource and defending life, faith, and freedom in the public square. Thank you for listening. God bless. We'll see you next week.
0: You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.